Hey friends, you are listening to Real Talk with Rachel, and I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert. I'm a therapist on mission to bridge the gap between mental and emotional health and faith. This show is a safe and often fun space with real conversations to help you live free and pursue your God-given dreams. Remember, these episodes are meant to be educational, not a replacement for your own therapist. Tune in on Mondays for short talk therapy episodes, always 15 minutes or less. And on Wednesdays, we sprinkle in guest interviews with people that I feel have a story that can bring you hope, healing, inspiration, or just a good laugh. Be sure to stick around till the end of the show for a short segment where I share counselor-proof strategies to take this Real Talk episode and make it relevant in your everyday life through simple action steps. In today's episode, we are chatting with my good friend, Heather Johnson, about being a joy dealer, which actually did not always come naturally for her. Heather Johnson is a beloved daughter of the King, wife to Charles, and mama to three amazing young people. She loves moving her body and walking with Jesus. Heather is the Director of Culture at Revelation Wellness. Her greatest passion is to love God, His people, and empower people to step into their divine destinies. Please help me welcome my friend Heather to the show. Well, hello, Heather. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. These are the times I wish my listeners could see my videos of my guests because, and don't worry, I'm going to take a picture of Heather. So come find us on Instagram because she has a shirt on that says Joy Dealer. And she is smiling so huge, her the joy is just bubbling out of her. So I'm excited to introduce you to my friend Heather. Uh, Heather, for the listeners, I would love to know maybe a random fun fact about you that we would not read in your professional bio. I love dinosaurs. It's so weird. Like nobody asks you what your favorite dinosaur is anymore once you become an adult. Interesting. That's so sad. What's your favorite dinosaur? I don't know many, like T-Rex came to my mind, but I think it's because that's the only one I know the name to. (laughs) (laughs) And that's okay. What what is your favorite? I love T-Rexes. Really? Even their itty bitty hands? (laughs) itty, yes. That's why I like them, because they make me laugh. Yeah. I love things that make me laugh. Yeah. Uh, That's a really good point. So did you like dinosaurs even before you had kids? You know, ever since Jurassic Park came out, I have been an avid dinosaur lover, but it's gotten better since I have boys because they love dinosaurs too. And so my mom bought me a dinosaur for Christmas one year and they were so disappointed that it was for me and not for them. They're like, well, no, my mom was like, no, that's for your mom. They're like, oh man. Oh, that's so cute. (laughs) He sits on my desk. His name is Terrence. Terrence. Parents, the T-Rex. Oh, that's so cute. All right. So this is a glimpse. Guess what, guys? We're not talking about dinosaurs the whole episode, but this is a glimpse into my friend Heather. She's just everything that you look at and that you do has just a deep level of joy, unlike anybody I've ever met. And I met you, I wish I could remember how many years ago, but it was Revelation Wellness. I should have figured this up in my head before we started recording. Um, I really don't know how many years it's been, but definitely over five years. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember what what number you are? 13. And I think that was like 2016. Okay. So we've known each other for at least six years. We're going with that. And yeah, the first time I met Heather, I just fell in love with you um, because of the joy, but also just you're one of the few people I've met in my life where you can 
feel Jesus exuding through you. I don't know. Do many people tell you that? Occasionally, yes. Yeah. And it's real. You know, it's not a fake joy. Um, there, There's not a fake level to this. It's deep and it's real. And so I pray that that comes through in our conversation today with the listener. So let's start then. Um, I don't even know if I know this about you. How did you become part of Revelation Wellness? So I actually met Elisa, who's the founder of Revelation Wellness, in 2009. And then when she... Revelation Wellness was birthed in 2011, and I wanted to sign up for instructor training, but I was pregnant with our youngest son. And so instead of coming through instructor training in 2011, I came through in 2012. So out of, we have, we call our classes platoons, and I'm platoon three, and we're currently in the midst of platoon 28. Wow, that's amazing. Now, what do you currently do for Revelation Wellness? I am the director of culture, which means... It's a great question because I handle basically all the people aspects of Revelation Wellness in our instructors, caring for our instructors, leadership development. I handle regional leadership and then also caring for our staff for growth and that kind of thing. Yeah. What's your favorite part of your role? Oh my gosh. I really love people. So I think my favorite part is watching people grow into who God made them to be like seeing them do things afraid and then come out the other side with both victory and some of the wounds that come, you know what I mean? Like none of us are going to escape life without some battle wounds, but coming through the battle, watching people come through and see God's faithfulness and see who he made them to be. That's my favorite thing. I love the statement you said of right there. You said, I really love people. And you can tell that you really love people if somebody's listening today and they're going, I would love to really love people. Where do you feel like that has come for for you or how can you grow in that area? Get close to the father mm. because loving people has to first come by being loved by the father. Cause I have nothing to give unless I've sat with the father first. Otherwise people get tiring. They get irritated. My selfishness rises. It really has to come from my own intimate connection with the Lord first because when I run out of love, it's because I know I'm being called back. <laughs> I got to connect with my father every day and let him love me. It's not even so much about, I, I need more love. It's really letting him love me because then that love for other people naturally flows. It has to be my intimacy with him over everything else before I can love anybody else well. I love how practical that is because I think we have a lot of people walking around not feeling loved. Totally. Like oh my gosh. so mm-hmm. many of our problems and pain are really stemming from just and right. And that makes so much sense. If I don't feel loved by our heavenly father, then of course the things that I'm trying to do in my own strength aren't working out. So for the listener who goes, I really, I feel like I've talked to a lot of women that they want to feel loved by the father, but there's just a little bit of a disconnect for them there. What would you recommend to them? I would say examine the places where you don't feel you're worthy, where you feel like you still have to earn his love. Because it was, for me, it was the realization that I'm his beloved, not a do loved that changed everything because my nature was to be a woman of who performed, like try harder, do more. I got to do all the things. I got to make everybody happy, but first the Lord and then everybody else. And then, but it was when he spoke to me so clearly and he said, you are my beloved. And it's from that place when I get got anchored to that truth of that he loves me because he loves me because he loves me because he loves me. No matter what I do or don't do, that shifted everything for me because now I know I come to him as his daughter to receive, 
not with him having an agenda that says, okay, now go check off all these boxes. So it has to come out of that place of, do I feel like I have to perform for him? And am I in such a hurry that I come and slap all my lists and needs before him? Or am I really stopping to let him minister to me? Which is much more challenging than just checking off the box of, I read my Bible today. Mm-hmm. Cause it's intimate and it's personal and it shines light in places that oftentimes are uncomfortable. And that's where freedom comes. Yeah. It's a vulnerable place, isn't it? Oh, it is. But he is the safest as we learn. Again, it's that learning that he is safe and that we can trust him. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Do you guys see why I love Heather so much? Because well, <laughs> everything we just talked about, we you know, wasn't in the plan, but it's just the Holy Spirit talking through her. That was a word for somebody right there. I don't want to just run through that. I even wrote down, be loved, not do loved. Yeah. That's worthy of repeating mm-hmm. because, again, we're yeah. walking around as do loveds. <laughs> I'm adding that to my vocab. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because here's the thing. We were created to do good works. But until you learn to sit at his feet, you're going to wear yourself out. Oh my gosh. So it is not a be, it's not Martha without Mary. And it's not Mary without Martha. Martha gets a bad rap, but like, we got to do the work of the ministry too. We're called to be fellow workers with Christ out of intimate connection with the Lord. So it's first we be, then we do. And that's for me, the thing that has shifted everything. And I feel like it will, has become, and will always be an anthem of my life. You are a beloved who does stuff. You're not a do loved. Yeah. I also love that you just probably brought some freedom there on the Mary Martha thing because yes. I feel like all this, the teachings, I'm like, why do we have to throw either one of them under the bus? Hold on. Yes. We need both of them. We do because somebody <laughs> needs to do, the, you got to do the work. You can't just sit around and be quiet with the Lord all the time. You got to, you got to do both. Yeah. So good. Oh, this is so good. Okay, so you have walked through some dark or even just hard valleys is probably the, I'll let you describe the valley. Yet even in the hardest time of your life, you found joy in Jesus. Can you share that, a little bit of that testimony with the listeners? Yes, I would love to. So I'm asking the Lord, like, okay, Lord, how do we, how do we condense this? So in my husband and I, when we first got married, we opened a business, frozen custard and coffee, and moved in with my parents so that we could get everything going and we thought everything would be perfect. Anybody like you always think I'm being obedient. Everything's going to happen just the way that I think it should. And then nothing does in them. In that time, I also got pregnant with our first daughter and to make a very long story condensed, the market crashed. We ended up having to file for personal and business bankruptcy. And in the midst of that lost our child. And it was in the middle of that. So I just also want to be very clear. I haven't always been a woman of joy. I've always been an optimist. I've always been an extrovert. I have not always been a woman of joy. And it was in that season that God birthed joy inside of me. It wasn't in the season where everything was great. It was when it was so dark that I remember sitting in our office, closing the door so my employees couldn't hear me and weeping out loud, sobbing because we couldn't pay them because the child I thought I was going to be holding in my arms was now with him because of these things that I could not even begin to put words to. And yet I knew he was good. It's like Job says, I don't know what chapter, but he says, even if he kills me, I'm going to trust him because who else has the words of life? There is no other option, but Jesus. 
And so it was in that season that God began to stir up and dig out of me unbelief and fear and some of that insecurity I was sharing about, like that caused me to perform. But it was in that place that he dug this well of joy inside of me. It wasn't in the easy things. He was in places of great loss where we clung to the faithfulness of God over everything else. The greatest thy faithfulness is my favorite hymn because I remember sitting in the hospital bed holding my husband as he wept and singing that hymn. Great is your faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies, strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow because joy is not situational. Joy is the atmosphere of the kingdom and it comes by the spirit, not by circumstances. And so that's where I learned the reality of joy. That, that's one of the things Paul tells us, the very essence of the kingdom is. It says righteousness, peace, and joy in Romans 14. So joy is who we are to be as Christians. And so it was that in that place of sorrow that we learned to trust. It was in that place of loss that we learned that there really does, there is joy that supersedes every circumstance. And it's interesting because the thing that held us, again, was our understanding that he was good. That no matter what my circumstances dictate, his goodness and his faithfulness doesn't change. And I can't rewrite my theology because my circumstances disagree with the word of God. I have to bring my experience to the Lord and say, God, I don't understand. This is why he gave us Romans 8, 28. It's that hallway verse when things aren't going well. Why else would he promise us that things will work out if we didn't know that there are going to be things in life that cost us, that are painful? I think about in John 16, where Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. Nobody puts that on coffee mugs. <laughs> like, it's not like you want to hold your coffee mug and be like, in this world, you will have trouble. But what does he say? He says, but take heart. I have overcome the world because we weren't made for this life. We weren't made for the losses we suffer here. We were designed for the Garden of Eden, and that's what he's getting back into us so that once we return to eternity with him, we'll know the fullness of joy, and it comes by his presence. Woo, that was good. Okay, I have so many things. First of all, I think that should be on a coffee mug. Uh, I don't know how many would sell, but I think we need that reminder more. You know, because when it's not if, like you said, it's not none none of us get out of this life without walking through really hard things. So, but then we need to be standing on the truth because here's a I love several pieces of your story, but right out of the out of the shoot, you said, I mean, let's just pause for a second and talk about within the exact same year, you guys lost both your business and your daughter, right? Was it in the same year? Wasn't in the same year, just the same season. Same season. Okay. Still, regardless, I don't care about timeline. Like it was just close enough to each other. But I love how you said that immediately while there was weeping, you already, you were already standing on the truth of who you knew God's character. Yes. So you went into that hard season already knowing his character, right? Yeah. And that was the only thing that kept us. Yeah. Because we knew that he was always faithful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that was a key element that I heard and immediately like, and that's why I went to the the mug thing about, Mm -hmm. 
I feel like that is a knowing the character of the Lord that, hey, like he's he's so sweet and kind to, to tell us ahead of time, you're going to experience hard times, but don't freak out is what he's saying. I'm not shocked by it. You shouldn't be shocked by it either. I've already overcome it, you know, is what he's saying. Like, yeah, yes, you're going to har- experience hard things, but don't worry. I've got this. I haven't left the building. I haven't left like the situation. I am here. Um, And then another thing, you mentioned that you have not always used the phrase, you have not always been a woman of joy. And so Mm -hmm. you said it was in that season that you feel like joy was really just deposited. Can you explain that a little more to us? Because I think a lot of us sitting here go, all right, I want the deposit. How do I get the deposit? (laughs) Some of it is just the work of the Lord that I can't explain. But some of it was because we pressed in and continue to believe him. That's what he made in me. I think in my husband, he dug a well of strength inside of him. That it, that that is the the rival, not the rival, the balance to my joy. Mm. I've never actually thought about that till right now. So it's that like, what is God building into us in the season? It's going to be personal. But what he did is because we anchored into his word and because we leaned into his faithfulness and like... I was not even aware he was doing it. Can I just, I don't even, I, I didn't even know he was doing this until probably, I don't know, maybe even 10 years later. Mm. Like it wasn't until I was preparing a teaching on joy where the Lord's like, I mean, let me show you what I did in that season. Wow. And so it was really true. I think it was 10 years later that I was like, oh gosh, look what you did, Lord. And that's where, because it's now well inside of me, that I get to impart those things to others. Like I get to pray and touch people with joy because it's who he made me to be. It's again, it's that some of it's the sovereign supernatural power of the Lord. And some of it is the work he and I did together, you know, of like working it out in the daily in the ups and the downs and the disappointments and the God, I'm really mad at you. Like I think that's one of the most important things he taught me in my journey is like, don't pretend you're not mad at me when you're disappointed, when your expectations aren't met, when you don't know why, it's that, will you come to me with that and then trust me with the why? Because the why belongs to the Lord. I could go back and tell you all things that I could say why things happen, but really all of that belongs to the Lord. My response of, okay, Lord, but what is my part? What is my part in all of this? Because I refuse to not trust you. Mm. I refuse to let my circumstances tell me that you're not good. It is a journey. It is a journey. And I can see even now where I'm, I'm gosh, we're like, it's a lot of years ago. Was like, this is like, all of this started in 2005, before 2004, 2005-ish, that time frame. I'm like, that's almost 20 years ago. And he's still working it out in me. So I don't know how to answer the how did he deposit it other than sit with him. And he's got deposits, I believe, for all of us in every circumstance. He wants to put things inside of us that weren't there before and take some things out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think you totally answered it because what I saw you say and my my arm hairs were standing up. Uh, Sorry if that's TMI, but uh, no, but we know the chills. Basically, when you start to see, I actually love that you broke it down into in that hard season the Lord deposited in you and your husband really two different things and you didn't even recognize it in the time. But why I think he was able to do that, because you just said a statement that if we would all stand on 
and I'm, I feel like I need to write this down somewhere. Listeners, you should too. I refuse to not trust God. Mm. Woo. Like to be in that hard spot and go, Lord, this is horrible. Just like you said, you, you did feel your feelings, right? You did tell him. Yeah. You did tell him your feelings. I'm so mad right now. And it's almost like when we do that, we bust open our heart and it's like, it's just cracked open. We release the gunk that's yes. was stored up in there. And now it's like, we're this new creation that the Lord can go, okay, now that we uprooted all that, can I deposit in you what I, what I know you need right now and for the future? And then how cool was it that in this, in the moment you didn't see it, but now 10 years later, you can look back and go, whoa, that's so cool. And then what's even cooler about this whole thing is now you have built up your trust bank. Like before, sometimes sometimes our trust in the Lord is just we know that we are going to just declare, I refuse to not trust you. But now you have like this history that you can build on, right, Of to remember his faithfulness. Like, oh, hold on, you know, for the next hard thing we go through, we can go, wait, I will trust you not only because I know it's your character, but also I have proof that there was another time in my life that I was going through something really hard and you, you know, totally met me there and you walked me through it. And not only did you walk me through it, I came out better on the other side. Amen. Amen. Yes. Yes. So you did explain it, explain that. And and I, and I guess I just really love that you mentioned that about your husband because it actually kind of convicted me you know, like even, you know, looking at you with your joy, like to, to come to the Lord and go, Lord, I want Heather's joy. And well, what if the Lord says, but Rachel, I need you to have strength. Like I need you to have, you know, like whatever the thing is. And of course we all get all the fruits of the spirit. I'm not saying we don't have that, but like the thing that you are just that he really pours out a special anointing on, right? Like you have an anointing of joy and here in a minute, we're going to bring that up again to let you do something special for the listeners. But yeah. So does that make sense at all? What I just said? (laughs) It totally does. Okay. He doesn't, he works uniquely. Yeah each one of our lives. Like he's not going to be like, Oh, here, you can have some of Heather's joy. You don't want my joy. Yeah. You want what he has for you because it will overflow and be that river that flows out of your life. Yes. That's fun. Yeah. That's so good. And Oh, this is, this is awesome, Heather. Okay. Um, something I had asked in our leader group them for questions for you. And so a lot of these, as you know, came from this. And, um, one of the things that one of them said that, reminded me of is how often you say, don't you just love Jesus? And I want you to explain to listeners, first of all, you got to say it. But then secondly, I want you to explain to listeners why you say that so often. Oh, don't you just love Jesus? (laughs) I, because I, I, I don't even realize when it started happening, but it's that, it's that overflow of, gosh, don't you just love him? Man, it's a celebration of his goodness. It's, it's an acknowledgement that, man, I love you so much. You're so good. Don't you just love Jesus? And I think behind it is in the part of me that is designed to call people up to who they were created to be is this reminder. Don't you love him? Don't you love him? Don't you see his goodness? Don't you see how worthy he is of all of your affection? (laughs) So yeah, I think that's just kind of where it came from. Yeah. Well, and here's why I wanted to talk about that is because I sense in my spirit that there's people listening who maybe grew up in church and they 
have a relationship with the Lord. They consider themselves a Christian, but they don't really know Jesus. How can we introduce them to him today? He is so much more. And there, it's, it's an intimate, personal relationship. There's nothing rote about walking with Jesus because he is your greatest friend, your biggest companion. He's the best to get a spanking from when you need correction. He's not found in the walls of a church. He's found with you and him in honest, intimate places where you lay your heart before him and, and then let him give you your heart. And how do you do that? It takes time. It takes, you guys, I used to set my timer for two minutes so that I could learn to be still. And can I tell you how many times I had to restart before I would, like in the two minutes, you would think, oh, two minutes, I could be, I could be still before the Lord for two minutes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> It'd be like, I probably had to restart like 20 times in two minutes, but it's that the discipline and the delight of I'm going to sit before the Lord and quiet my mind, I'm not going to read the word, I'm not going to worship, I'm going to sit and be still. Because what does Psalm 46, 10 says, be still and know that I am God. So part of knowing him comes from that place of stillness where I stop the crazy in my mind and just the busy and be, and be still. And so that's, I think, one of the best places to begin that going from head knowledge to heart knowledge. All right. So let's expand upon this for the listeners. So you did a two minute timer. Mm -hmm. How do you turn your brain off? I use breath prayer. Okay. Isn't weird at all. It's just inhaling one phrase and exhaling another. And the one that has changed, sometimes he gives me a new breath prayer for seasons. And every night before I go to bed, I breathe with him. And it's inhale, Abba, and exhale, I belong to you. And it's that simple repetition of inhaling and exhaling that physically calms my body, calms my mind, and allows me to just come into a place of more quietness because. And then I find like the to-do list will come and then I'll be, and then I just come back to it. Okay. Inhale and exhale, inhale and exhale. And again, it's a, it's a discipline that has created much fruit in my life. Nothing that is easy or nothing that is worth it is easy. And that's why I set the timer. I had to start with something because I'm like, if I sit here, 10 seconds feels really long. But if I sit and I breathe, I can calm my mind so that, and then when I get, when I lose it, I just come back to it. There's no like, oh gosh, I failed. None of that. Yeah. Just come back. And you called that breath prayer? Breath prayer. And then you said, currently you're in a season, you inhale Abba and you exhale what? I am yours. I am yours. Or I belong to you. I belong, I belong to you. you. Yeah. And so that just kind of, you pray about what it is you want to inhale and exhale? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I've had seasons where he said, where my inhale is, I am my beloved's and my exhale was, and he, he is mine. Because mm. he was really working on the fact that I really am his. And in return, he is just as fully mine. Mm -hmm. And so that it's, it's meditation. It's meditation and concentrating on what the word says. So you can take, be still and know that I'm God. You can use any phrase you could use, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek. You, I mean, it's just using your breath that God gave you to connect with the Holy Spirit. That's powerful. I'm going to apply that. So I'm excited for the listeners. That's so yeah. simple, but that actually debunks the 
hardness of just sitting because I don't know about you, but if I were just to do nothing in that two minutes, my mind would be like, and you forgot that at the grocery store. And, you know, like, oh, shut up, mind for a second, please. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, as we wrap up today, I have two things that I want you to do for the listeners. Um, The first is because we talked about how you are just anointed in this area of joy. So would you pray for that joy over our listeners? I would love that. Okay. I would love that now. Yeah, go for it. Okay. All right. So I want you to close your eyes unless you're driving. Don't close your (laughs) eyes and put your hand on your heart and then the other hand on your head. Now from here, take a deep breath in through your nose and exhale out of your mouth. Relax your face and clench your jaw. And simply breathe and let your heart receive. Father, I thank you that you yourself tell us in your word that your kingdom is itself joy, righteousness, and peace, and that in your presence there's fullness of joy. Lord, your word says that you spoke your word to us so that your joy might be in us and our joy might be full. So, Lord, I pray for these listeners, for their hearts and their heads, Lord, that you would overwhelm them with your joy. Lord, that in the places where bitterness or offense or unforgiveness or hurt has come, Lord, would you wash that place with your joy? That your joy that is their strength, I pray for an impartation of joy over hearts and minds, Lord, for freedom, for strength to run the race. Lord, in those who are in the midst of battles, I pray that they would lean into your presence where joy is full and from that place receive Lord, we thank you that, Holy Spirit, you are joy inside of us as your children. When we're born again, it's part of who we are by nature and the fruit of your being inside of us. So, Lord, I pray that that joy would rise, Lord, that as they face situations and circumstances, that they would look to you. Lord, you said we sow in tears and reap sheaves of joy, abundant joy. Lord, I pray for that over everyone listening in Jesus' name. Amen. Oof, I just did that with you. All right, oh. everybody, raise your hand if you want Heather to start her own podcast. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I just That's put her scary. on the spot. Yeah. Well, your voice is therapeutic. That was, like, seriously, very therapeutic. So I'm kidding, not kidding. If you ever feel led to start one, we would all listen. Let's just say that, okay? <laughs> well, if I do, I'm calling you. Okay. All right. Um, I just put you on the spot on air. And one more thing. I know you you just listen so well to the Holy Spirit, and so I would love to know, do you have any final words of encouragement that the Holy Spirit is just speaking to your heart right now that you feel like the listeners need to hear? I do, actually, because this is something he's been talking to me about over the last four or five weeks. And it's just this rumble in my spirit that we need to do frequent heart checks with him. Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart with all diligence because out of it flows the wellsprings of life. And so in all of these things, in all of the ups and downs in life and the busy and how is your heart? How is your heart? Because if we want to make it to the end faithfully, that is not accidental. We want to run our race so that we really run to the end and get there and arrive having spent our all for Christ and received the well done, it does not come by accident. It comes by heart checks that are frequent of that guard your heart. How's your abiding? Are you in both, not just the word, 
You can read the word and be unchanged by it. Are you eating it? Are you, are you meditating on it? Is it changing you? If you're not being corrected and challenged by the word, I encourage you to get on your knees because the word is to correct and train, not just comfort. If you're hiding things, if there's secret sin, if you're entertaining lust, if you're entertaining gossip, things, bring it to the light, friends. Bring it to the light. This is the thing that I feel like he is inviting us all to as a space of, he says, walk as children of the light. So those things that are hidden, bring them out in safe community before the Lord so that you can be healed. And then it becomes a testimony. So we have to step into this place of, Lord, search me and know me. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's offensive ways in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That's Psalm 139, 23 and 24. And it is, the enemy wants to still kill and destroy, always. But we're always invited to life and life more abundantly. And part of how we walk in that on the daily is living in the space of, Lord, how's my heart? Am I offended with people? Am I offended with you? Am I walking in pride? Am I, is there something I'm hiding? Am I going to the pantry at night and gorging and then just covering it up because I feel like living in the light brings freedom. And more than ever in a culture that is saying that everything is okay, we must cling to the word and know what he says so that we can walk as children of light. I love the advice to ask that question. How is your heart? That's so powerful. And I feel like, again, that's a word from the Holy Spirit. So lean into that. Take the time today to actually stop and just really do a heart check. Love that. Okay, Heather, I know people are going to want to know how they can connect with you online. Where can they find you? I am on Instagram and Facebook as Mrs. H.D. Johnson. Okay, awesome. And then, of course, they can connect to you also through Revelation Wellness because you have lots of videos in the library there, right? They do. It's true. Yeah. In fact, there's a whole video on the Revelation Wellness website under Freebase on breath prayer. On it's breath like a 25-minute teaching I did on breath prayer. Ooh, yay. Okay, we'll have that uh, linked in the show notes as well. Well, Heather, thank you again for taking time to come on. This has been so good, so rich. I've received a lot. I know the listeners are going to love you as well, so I just appreciate your time. It was so great. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. It is time for Let's Get Real Practical. This is the part of the show where we take the topic discussed with today's guest and we get into some practical steps you can implement into your life right now. I felt like the end of today's episode with Heather was extremely practical, so I just want to recap the two things that she shared and to say this counselor absolutely puts her stamp of approval on these two things. So the first thing was the prayer breathing. I just did it right before I came on here to record the outro for this show. Oh my goodness, that is so therapeutic. And I love it because, you know, this is a principle, a, a good grounding technique that we teach in therapy. But of course, not all types of therapy will incorporate the prayer piece of it. I especially love that you're breathing in something good. You know, like the example she gave, breathing in Abba, Father, and exhaling that I am yours. Whatever the phrase is that God gives you that you might need for that season uh, or that day even, what you need to breathe in and what you need to exhale as a proclamation and a declaration. 
please try this. You could set your, you know, like Heather said, you can set it for two minutes, one minute, whatever works for you in that day. There's no right or wrong way to do this as long as we are just speaking truth over ourselves and lining it up with God's word. I just, yeah, highly recommend this one. Okay, the second thing that Heather recommended was that question. And I think you guys have heard me talk about this before on this podcast. If you're new here, you haven't. So I'm happy to repeat it. And it's, how is your heart? This is a question I ask my kids a lot. But to be honest, I was convicted today in talking with Heather that I want to do better about asking myself, how are you heart? Like really just stopping. Even if you were to incorporate it in that same time that you do that prayer breathing and going, how is my heart? Be honest with yourself. Be honest with God. And if something feels off, sit with him. Let him just touch that area that does not feel okay. And then if necessary, book an appointment with your counselor and process whatever comes up. Part of the healing journey when things just are off in our heart is just bringing it up, bringing it into the light, talking about it so that it does not own you. All right, well, that's it for today. Be sure to tune in next Monday morning for our April Talk Therapy series that's all about Jesus and therapy. I'm excited about this series. Well, I pray this Real Talk episode brought you one step closer to living free and pursuing your God-given dreams. I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.